0: recap. This is Ariel Eldridge here with Chris McLaughlin and Mitch Green. We're not using this. That's my
1: name, Mitch Green. We're
0: not using this. We're We're here. Oh, we're using it. Here we go. Starting over. Uh, Thanks
1: for welcoming us to the podcast. Dude,
0: I I was just... mimicking you I was trying to do my best Chris wow he
2: he had hit record so it was on the record did you really oh yeah Yeah.
0: oh I thought we were starting if it's
2: recording it's on the record (laughs) I'm sorry that (laughs) was was actually he can use whatever
0: he want that is on the record oh man it
1: sounded just like me
0: it It did (laughs) only smaller in a girl voice
1: (laughs) No, it was excellent uh how are you guys doing
0: we're doing all right. Yeah. Are we doing all right, Mitch? We are. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay, just, just to set this up, we just need to, we're not going to talk about this here. But we're not we talking about it. Not talk we're not talking about yeah. it, but we're, we're talking about it. We're recording it. this the day after the, the presidential debate last night, and it w- we had a little fired up conversation in here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but it have was, mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Look, this is really too bad. Jesus is king.
2: Jesus it's, is king. That is right. Yeah. Whether <laughs> we live or die. Yeah. We have gained triumphant life. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, which yeah, Thanks. that's what we're talking about this week. So. Goodness, yes. so anyway, but yeah, we're all doing okay. We're all doing okay. <laughs> hey, uh, we have uh, so much to talk through with this message uh, this week. But before we do, we do want to talk about a little bit about what's going, going on in our church uh, through this series, the Go Together series. Um Mitch, let me ask you this. Could you just tell us a little bit about um, this? What can we expect on Sunday Ooh. with this really cool Pray and Go display thing? Yeah,
2: so um, Pray and Go is a um, prayer movement that we'll be pitching this Sunday. Yeah. I want it to be really exciting on Sunday, so I'm not going to say a whole lot. Yeah, But um, we'll talk about it a lot through the service. But basically, we are going to encourage our church to focus outward on those in our neighborhoods and over the next month we would like to be praying for four thousand homes. So we have a creative four
1: thousand way- homes. Yes. That's awesome. Yes.
2: We gotta emphasize homes. I kept thinking people, but then I was like, well more than one person lives in each house. Yeah. But yeah. um more than one
1: person lives in my house. In yeah
2: my for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh we've added a lot in
0: the last like three years. <laughs> yes we did.
2: Oh that that uh <laughs> that video last week, the audio uh PJ, no yelling. Oh, (laughs) Oh, Facebook? Yeah, Yeah. that was so funny. My two
1: youngest share a room and... (laughs) <laughs> the one-year-old was screaming and the four-year-old was like be quiet i'm trying to sleep. pj no yelling so no it's
2: so so this week we'll be pitching a movement um where we are going to give everybody door hangers to go around their neighborhood to be praying for their homes yeah. we'll talk more about it this sunday we got a really cool display in the lobby i don't want to say more about that because you'll see it right when you walk in the door yeah, it's what we're launching it's, it's pretty cool praying
1: go this sunday and it'll head on for the next of the month awesome the rest of the month yeah, yeah. Can't wait! I can't wait to get this going, um, get those door hangers in people's hands, and get the the prayer time started. I think it'll be a really cool thing for our church. Well,
2: and I feel like too for those who are in groups right now. Yeah. You know, the last question of last of this week's discussion yeah. is, you know, how can your D group encourage you, you know, in discipleship and going together? Like, what's what's the next thing for you? Right. And I felt like my group. A lot of us were like, we need like a tangible way to actually think about those around us. Yeah. And I was like, well, boom, we got, we got a, we got a method, you know, that we're going to pitch this week. And I actually gave the cards to my group this week. And a lot of them were like, yep, that's going to be my way is to help me to start to take steps. I'm in this area. So it's so good.
1: Well, let's go ahead and jump into our discussion here for Go Together uh, Sermon Number Two. Is is uh, what Scott did this last Sunday. Uh, this is on Philippians chapter one, verses twelve through twenty-one. He went a little further than than the guidebook did, but that's okay. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna dig into that. Um, and he called this Triumph Through Circumstances. Um, before we before we dive into the text and his points and things like that, I wanna I wanna pause right there because he. Um, He did talk about this idea of having triumph and victory over circumstances, and there's kind of like this secret that Paul has for having triumph over circumstances. Um, Is Scott describing triumph in the way that maybe most of us might think? In other words, like, is he describing it in the way it's like, well, I've got these bad circumstances in my life. Triumph means getting rid of those bad circumstances, or is he describing something else?
0: I think you just answered your own question. (laughs) Yeah. You know that um, what what we often look for in triumph is that we think that the best case scenario for us in this life is to remove all obstacles. And actually what we see here is Paul is telling us that the, the Lord of all is sovereign through my circumstances and using them for good. Right. And, um, and so he's not removing them. In fact, he's even probably helped orchestrate what has happened here mm-hmm. so that the gospel could advance.
1: Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So just digging into that a little Are bit. Are you
0: so sad I said that? <laughs> no,
1: no, no. I, I think it's really good because, um, this is something that I've wrestled through a lot and especially, yep. especially with circumstances in my own life. um, what does it mean that to say that God uses or orchestrates or or whatever these circumstances in my life is God the author of evil is basically the question at the mm-hmm. end of the day um and this is a tough question for people to wrestle with because when evil circumstances pop up we 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 have to wrestle with this idea of well if we have a God who is sovereign you know who's in charge of all things then why is this happening? And that's one of the things that that Scott brought up in point number one, this whole idea of like seeing the problem. Why is there suffering and evil in the world? Well, the problem is, is on one side of the spectrum, you have this idea that like God you know, he's the creator of everything evil, you know, like he's Mm. the creator of good things and evil things that are happening in the world. And that's not right because (laughs) you have, uh, God is good and everything that he creates is good. You know, Um, on the other side of the spectrum, you you have a God who is absolutely powerless to control the Mm. evil circumstances that are going on in our life. And we don't believe that either. God is still sovereign. So the answer is actually this third way that sort of exists in the middle. And it's this idea that, God being sovereign, uh, really, mean, really you have to begin at the idea that God is omnipotent, right? Which means all-powerful, right? Mm-hmm. If God is all-powerful, that means that he can do, he can do anything that he wants, all right? So if there's an evil circumstance in my life, then for some reason, God did not intervene. Mm-hmm. He didn't intervene in that, in that situation. He's all-powerful. He has the power to intervene. He has the authority to intervene, but he didn't. So the hmm. question is why? Um, and that's what we have to wrestle with is, is why. But, but what we call this in theology is that God ordains hmm. all things that come to pass, is the way that theologians put it, mm-hmm. that he ordains these things. And, um, and that's very different than him causing them to happen mm-hmm. because the, the root cause of those things is us and sin, mm-hmm. right? So he's not the author of sin or evil. Um, But it's much more active than a passive. Like he just allows those bad things to happen, yeah. or or whatever. There's something bigger going on than just him passively permitting that stuff to happen. So that's a big chunk for the beginning of the podcast. But uh, yeah. <laughs> we went there really we quickly. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's good. Yeah, we got nothing to add for you, man. That all, was right, great. all right, all right. <laughs> Well, um, let's just I, I want to wrestle a little bit with the problem of evil stuff a little bit more, because one of the things that that um, Scott said a whole bunch of really great stuff about this, I think he said, uh, first of all, how Jesus warned us of this. Um, what, can, what do you think a Christian can expect in their life when it comes to um, good things and bad things and evil circumstances in their life? What, what should we be expecting with this stuff?
2: I think i think we should be expecting difficulty mm-hmm. i think that's the thing that, that can't be denied throughout this passage you yeah. know as we read it is that um there will be suffering in this life it's a promise and even in christ um you're by no means bringing less suffering on yourself you may be bringing more suffering on yourself yeah um and i think i think so it's like it's an expectation that we're going to go through these things i think as you were saying earlier you know, I was I I was kind of like I get to see the sermon titles before they're ever up. I'm probably like person one A that sees them. Yeah. You know, and so when I see them, I'm always kind of like, oh, where's this going? Well, this one I was like, the triumphant life. Like, I don't I don't really know like what that means. But then as I was like listening to the sermon this week, I was like, oh, okay, like, yeah, like triumphants is a really good word. Like you were saying, like we usually think of triumph as like conquering. The circumstance, Mm -hmm. but then there's like having victory in the midst of a circumstance, and to me it was like there was a connection made there that I was like, oh, that's what we're, yeah, that's the reminder. That's what we're offered in Christ. Right, is like perspective. Perspective, Um, and you know, and Scott Scott kept talking about how people. people outside of Christ, you know, they don't really have a way to deal with the evil in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have, you know, and I heard a preacher say this recently, that every day we live with gospel privileges, which is that in the midst of the difficulty that we are promised in life, that everyone's going to go through, we now are given the gospel truth to handle that difficulty and understand how to triumph over it mm. in the midst of this life. Oh, that's cool. And so we walk with privileges that most of the world doesn't walk with, oh, even though yeah. they walk through the same struggle. And so I don't know, True. for me, there was just like that. That was kind of the piece that it was like, yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I was like, there's the connection for me. Now I get the title.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I get really excited because I'm currently in a uh, a... Uh, a John theology class, basically. Oh, wow. And so we're reading yeah. Revelation and talking about each believer being a conqueror. And and yeah. what we have is this perspective of what this is all leading toward. And uh, and the book of Revelation is really, it's a new perspective on the world, because here we see with our eyes. Um, but John was able to peel back the layer and see into heaven and see the heavenly things and the heavenly realities of this world and what it's heading toward yeah, And that's the excitement that I think the, the triumph that we we walk in, yeah. um, especially when we see these trials are leading towards something greater.
1: Absolutely. And that's the perspective. I mean, that we would have a perspective that is bigger than our myopic own little life, that it's, yes. where it's just like, this is what I'm going through, and this really stinks right now, and I just hope it gets better. It's saying what is God doing in the midst of this? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what, is the, what, what are the greater spiritual realities that are taking place behind all of this right. in some ways? And, and I think ultimately um, the question that we, that we have to wrestle with, and I think we all wrestle with whenever we go through something that is, that is difficult, is why? Like, why is this happening? Um, the Bible doesn't always answer that no. for us, mm-hmm. but mm. it does give us some categories to To help us to answer this. And ultimately, I I, I mean, Romans 8.28 is a great place where we've gone back to that before. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. So so all, when he says all things, he means all things, like mm-hmm. good and evil circumstances. They're, the reason why we go through stuff is for good. And the good at the end of the day, I think ultimately could be one, it could be for our good. So it could be God is disciplining us. God is teaching us. He's sanctifying us. He's taking us through something difficult in order to grow us. And that's good. Those are good things. Um, but ultimately, I think the good that that Paul gets to is um, uh, really it's for the glory of God. Um, and and I, I I just love his perspective because all through Philippians, he has this perspective. He says, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain. He's like, look, whether I... Whether I um, remain in the body, or if I die that I might bring glory to God. Like that's the whole point. He's like, my life is is just here to be a tool for God to bring glory to himself. Yeah. And that's the perspective that he holds. And we just don't we don't hold that perspective very often. <laughs> yeah. You know?
2: And I don't want I don't want to jump too far ahead because I know this is like next week's discussion. Yeah. Yeah. But Chris, I, I felt like the study, you did a really good job of pulling out this will be for next week. But for me, there's this transition in the way that we think about like the purpose to living that is that is motivating. Where I think often we think of life and death and faith as like a net neutral. Oh. It's like if I live great, if I die great. But Paul's like, no, but this is why I should live. Yeah, you know, is that this mission to spread the gospel? And I don't know. I I just thought it was really good. Well, don't thanks. want to say more than that. I don't we'll remember what I wrote, week, so. but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's no, good. That's good. <laughs>
1: Scott started talking about the secret of triumph over evil circumstances. What was ultimately this 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 perspective that we have is is that secret? Um, we we basically jumped to it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but um, but one of the things I thought that he said that was really good is that Paul's perspective is that nothing is going to hinder God's plan for me. Yeah. Can Can you guys just maybe unpack that a little bit because I feel like that could be taken a couple different ways as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I, this this may be a
2: little bit outside, and and I don't know, Ariel, you might have an answer that's more central, but within this section, I was thinking a lot about, um, Pastor Scott talks about Paul's, um, Paul's ministry to the guards in the prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, like, I think we often have a perspective of, okay, God's got a plan for my life, and I know exactly what it is rather than understanding the general call that God's placed on our life and then ministering in whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. Yeah. So we want this like, we want a very specific, this is what God's calling me to. But when we really look at Paul's life, it's like, do you think Paul's plan was to develop a ministry to the guards in prison? No, but yet that's what his ministry looked like where he was called to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the level of faithfulness um, that that we're called to have is to you know do ministry for christ regardless of a change in our circumstance and so i, I don't know like i get that's I, that's a little bit outside the question but to me i think that was um really important in this section was just that like man god's calling you to be faithful wherever you are right and he's calling you to be faithful wherever he takes you and while you may have a good idea of what that is.
1: It's about being faithful wherever you are. Yeah. No, I, I think that does answer the question because I think a lot of times we, we approach, um, we have this tendency to approach this issue. We, we you know, was saying like, what's God's plan for me. And we, and we mm-hmm. think God's plan is always going to be happy, happy, joy. You know, everything is good. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be prosperous and successful and, you know, healthy, wealthy, and wise and all that stuff. Um, but then having the perspective to say like, wait a minute first of all, I know I'm going to go through evil circumstances. And when I do, how am I responding to that? Mm-hmm. So what does it look like practically with, you know, if for someone to have a perspective like this, when they hold this perspective, what are some of the the ways that that this may manifest itself in someone's life?
0: In our D group this week, we were talking about joy. and And one of us mm. was like, you know, it's hard to see, joy or to have joy in the middle of painful circumstances. And we're looking here at Paul who has joy. And I think we need to understand what that word means even more, um, because it's not circumstantial. Mm-hmm. Um, and so practically speaking, I can see that if we can get to the root of that word and see that it, is, it goes beyond the circumstantial and goes into the perspective realm of seeing what is, um, what is big picture... That we can rejoice in the fact that even in suffering, the Lord is working um, for his glory and that we even get to be part of his glorious plan mm. um, in this world. And so as we're suffering, we can we can sit in that, we can rest in that, knowing that his plan will succeed and it will not be um, thwarted.
2: Yeah, you hit it on the money. So like from the practical side, I was thinking about this at the stoplight. I think sometimes we have the tendency, just talking about, you know, you talk about evangelists, people who are really good at sharing the gospel and people who tend to come to Christ through their ministry, you know, and I think like we often like we want the ministry of, you know, like a Billy Graham, maybe that's only for me, you know, because I'm a pastor, but like we want the ministry of Billy Graham, but are we willing to minister to the person that's next to us? Mm-hmm. You know, and like, that like way. really love them. Yeah, really like really love them in churches. our present mm-hmm. circumstances, mm-hmm. and and you know, I want, most of the things that I feel like I've learned in ministry are like if you're not if you're not going to be faithful with what you have, you're um, you're not, not going to be faithful when you're given more. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so so I think we have a tendency to say like, okay, I want to go do all these great things for God, but in our mind, they require all these great things happening, mm-hmm. rather than kind of like what you're saying which is like, what is, this is not a practical answer, but practically, what does it look like? It looks like faithfulness wherever you are, mm-hmm. as Ariel's saying. It's, it's not even just saying in the crummy times, it's like, even in the de- just the normal times of life, being faithful to God. And you I know.
0: think we need to unhitch ourselves from the wagon of like time. Yes. So, especially as Americans, man, we want instant gratification, and we want to be on the other end of seeing souls saved, and we want to see that like happen. We want to see people like come to Christ in the moment. And you just might be a seed planter. You might be someone who is on the path, and this is long game that mm-hmm. we're playing. And uh, and and we may not even get to see the fruit of what we do here on Earth, but um, but I think that the the point is is that we get to participate in it.
2: So, so Chris, all right. So from the practical side, like if I'm walking through this, I'm saying like, it begins by recognizing that you are not the center of everything. <laughs> and I'm saying that to me, like it begins, it begins by saying that, okay, faith is faith in Christ and God is the object of my faith, yeah. you know, through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So, so I'm shifting the focus of my life and whatever aspects I've said, I've made this all about me and i'm saying god you know this is to live is christ. Mm-hmm. You know so i'm making that shift, okay? And so i start to make those things the priority in my life. And then it's walking in faithfulness regardless of what the fruit looks like. Yeah. I think we're all willing to do that momentarily, but then like the moment that like it doesn't produce fruit like it's hard that and, you, that yeah. either that do, either doesn't reflect back on us or yeah. it doesn't produce the fruit that we want, then we kind of shift back into this like self-focused life, yeah,
1: you yeah. know? And so I think it's just like, it's a life marked by faithfulness. Absolutely. And we can see that in every area of our life, you mm-hmm. know, um, the way that we handle our finances, the way that we t- uh, uh, minister to our spouse or our kids. Well, and, um, and Scott talks about Joseph, you know, he talks yep. about, okay, if these
2: things, if these things were, if these things were his God, mm-hmm. then they would crumble. And I think we... Um, unknowingly all of us sometimes things rise up to the pedestal of idol in our life mm. and then when they crumble they hurt more than they probably should yeah because we've allowed them to rise to that place mm-hmm. yeah and and so it's constantly reminding ourselves that to live is Christ and making God the center, the center object of our life and our faith, yeah. and then walking in that, and then reminding ourselves again <laughs> that these other things we got to keep shedding them off, yeah. and then it's just faithfulness. And yeah. then you know the fruit is God's and the glory is God's, and whatever we produce, it's like glory to be
1: got to God for that. Absolutely. But then once it becomes about our glory, we miss it. You know. So let me ask this. Uh, so let's say um, we have uh, someone who's listening right now who's like, "Man, that sounds awesome," and I want to have that perspective. How do I get there? Like, what do I do to start to gain this perspective of like, I can trust God with every little thing that's going on that he's, that he's working behind the scenes. Um, what are some things that, that could help someone to really gain that perspective as they're walking through this?
0: Well, first you need to put on sackcloth and roll in ashes. That, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> Bible joke. I think yeah. that, <laughs> I think it is it, it is just small little um, Scott has said before, two degree changes. I think that might even be an Andy Stanley thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how we just step into what God is calling us to and make small changes to um, to glorify Him, and then you know when you're in a moment of um, of suffering, man, it's a hard time to yeah. to change your perspective. So I think it's important now to yeah. talk about it, um, especially do, do if, it while things are good. Yes, yeah, so that those those truths are are in you. Um, through this power of the spirit, they'll call, be recalled to mind when you're stepping into a hard a hard moment of life. That's
2: good. I think it's good to reflect. I, 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 okay, I, daily self-reflection. I mean, I, I, I'm saying like 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 being grounded in the word, in prayer is 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 100% the thing. You know, if if God, if you make God the object of your faith, that means that, you know, day in and day out, you're going to be focusing on God. Mm-hmm. So so if this if we're saying that this is life you know, then you need to be growing in knowledge of who God is. So you got to make God the centerpiece. The second thing for me is that I constantly have to be reminded to die to myself Mm. Um, in the most smallest ways. I mean, guys, like I was having a conversation with someone the other day. Um, There was something that they, um, that I know a lot of information about and they don't know I know a lot of information about it. And so they we were talking as if we both had the same authority on this subject okay. as something super small. But it was like in that moment it took everything in me to be like why am i trying to like prove to them that i know more than them about this subject. Well it's like well because again i i have had a pattern in my life of trying to make much of myself as someone that knows of what they're talking about. And I want this person who doesn't know me and knows that I know a lot about this subject to think highly of me as it relates to these things.
1: Mm. So there's a pride, That's just a, small, ego I, just a,
2: a small, there's an ego side, there's mm-hmm. a pride side and there's now, why do I not have to do that with other people? Well, because often I'm like, they already know me at that level to maybe know those things, but I'm up against that with somebody where I'm right back again less focused on developing a good relationship with this person and more focused on them knowing that i know what i'm talking about Hmm. and i'm like and i had to and i and and, i mean grace be to god for once in my life and i was reflecting on a friend who was also with a friend who was also in that conversation uh this this morning i was like yeah i realized that sometimes with this person i have a tendency to really want to show them that i know what i'm talking about and i need to not make that everything with them yeah like I need to develop a relationship with them. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> you we're gonna know? actually talk about this in two weeks because yeah. um then in at the beginning of Philippians two, Paul actually dives into this and he's like, Look, we need to learn how to consider others being yeah. better than ourselves. You know, yeah. and and so and that's tough. Uh, this yeah. this dying to self idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a constant day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute struggle of saying I am less important than everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I'm not saying that to like I don't want to make
2: much of that example or anything, but there's just a practical way for me where it's like in the last twenty four hours, I've been like, Mitch, you were trying to make much of yourself in mm-hmm. this moment mm-hmm. and you were not trying to glorify God. And I've got to like shed that off. Yeah. And that takes conversation, that takes <laughs> that takes prayer.
1: That takes oh, man. Re- yeah.
2: reminding myself of that. But it's it's a daily it's a daily process, I would say.
1: Yeah yeah that's that's really good. you know one of the things too, I would say, um just helping people to take a step into this perspective is I think evaluating the circumstances that are in your life and starting to look for the good mm. you know if romans eight twenty eight says that all um all things work together for good, then then let's start to look for the good. Um, let's start to see, you know, this may have hurt me, this may have been difficult for me, but what good has come out of it? And I think that, that we can, sometimes we don't always get those answers, but I think we can look for those things. And I think um, that's part of the process of, of growing us and is, is starting to ask that question, where's the good here Um, in the midst of the pain that I'm going through. Mm -hmm. I think that's really good,
2: Chris, because, because, you know, even in, this week's discussion with my group, but talking about how sometimes we think life and death is a net neutral. So we go, okay, well, if I if I live, great, but I'm going to suffer. If I die, I'm going to be with God. That's even better. Yeah. And then sometimes we can see that people can come to the tendency to just be like, man, I just long to be in heaven one day. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what the rest of their life looks like. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I would say there's a more faithful way <laughs> to say like, how's God working in the here and now? Yeah you know, and not just focused on the, we need to have an eternal perspective, but not move so onto eternity that we don't actually address what does
1: faithfulness look like on this side of heaven. Totally. Well, I mean, we haven't gotten even to the text yet and we're a half hour in, but, um, <laughs> but, but let's look at that really quick. Cause verse 12, I, I think it says exactly what you're saying. He says, I want you to know brothers that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known through the whole Imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So there it is. He, he's looking for the good. Oh, this is terrible, but God is using this thing. He has ordained this thing in my life to advance the gospel. And he's doing this for his glory, you mm-hmm. know? So that's huge. And I think what what he gets to a little bit later too is part of what you're saying as well is that, um, you know, our life, if we're here on earth, then our life is for his glory. You know, we exist for his glory. So if we have breath, if we woke up this morning, then we should ask ourselves, all right, what are the good works that God has planned for me today? What are the things that God has has, has ordained for me to do today to bring glory to his name? Because if we're here, then that's why, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? Well,
2: and so so Scott quoted a, a James Montgomery Boyce quote oh, yeah. in a sermon. That was good. And the first part—it's a long quote, so I'll just read half of it. The first part—he's talking about you know this this passage, you know, where Paul's in prison and the circumstances, and he says, "You may," um, right here, he says, "You may be tied to a home, especially when the children are young and need constant care. You may be tied to a sick bed and may never uh, see beyond your hospital room. This should not be a cause for discouragement." If you are in circumstances like these, this may have been given to you by God and can be used by him. You can witness to people who come by your desk, your kitchen sink, or your hospital bed. If you do, God will bless your effort. You will see spiritual fruit. What is more, it'll change entirely how you look at the limitations, whatever the cause. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And I think that's that perspective piece that, you know, God has you where he wants you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so, okay, what does faithfulness look like now? Yeah. You know, and, and that's not to say don't plan for the future and don't think about, you know, where's, what's God have for you next, but it is to say don't ignore where he has you,
0: yeah. right? Or right. see it as a hindrance.
2: Well, I don't know about you guys. Like if I look back at some of my seasons of life, those are probably some of my biggest regrets um, just personally with with ways that I feel like I wasn't faithful to God or seasons where I was like looking for the next thing. hmm and in looking for the next thing i didn't do a whole lot i just waited yeah (laughs) you know or simply just
0: not being aware yeah just floating yeah Yeah. floating along
1: well the last point that that scott made on sunday was that this is the priority that jesus is the source of life and um you know he he went to the, the 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 next section here and Let's just read this section, verses. Um, so, like, this is the middle of eighteen through twenty-one. Um, Ariel, would you would you read that, mm-hmm. that par- paragraph there?
0: What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. And yes, I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Holy or of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be that I will not be at all ashamed but that will full with full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body whether by life or by death for me to live is Christ and to die is gain
1: right so scott took this this ethic this idea of to live is Christ and to die is gain and said you know this is this is the priority because because Jesus um, to say to live is Christ that Jesus is the very source, the very fountain of everything that we need. It's the fountain. He's the fountain of life and all good things that we have, and and um, every blessing that we that we have in our life. If as Christians we know this, we understand this. He's the Creator and sustainer of all things. Why do we so quickly run to other things? Why do we forget this and turn to some other things, to, thinking that this thing is going to be my sustainer? This thing is going to be the thing that gets me through you know, rather than, rather than relying on Christ?
0: I think it's because we're settlers. I think... Um, like pilgrims or... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, like pilgrims. <laughs> like the Oregon Trail. Thank you. You're yeah. bad of dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I've heard Nancy Guthrie talk on this and, and talk about how we are um, often looking for things to fill us when we're empty. And, you know, we, we turn to the quick fix or, um, the easy fix, or, you know, if you're feeling, you're feeling lonely during COVID and perhaps you just sit and play polytopia on your phone all day, (laughs) 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 that might've been a personal example. (laughs) We we just settle. We settle for right. um, for other gods, and we've seen uh, God's people do that from the very beginning. That they are um, more willing to sell themselves out and to prostitute themselves for um, false gods than for the true living God, who is the Creator, Sustainer, Filler. Ooh,
1: big words, harsh mm-hmm. words. <laughs> In some way. Yeah. But it's really good. It's, it's really spot good. on. Yeah, let's pull this back to the gospel. How then is Christ? And, and his perspective, uh, how, how did his perspective then, then lead to what he did for us? Christ lived a life of total sacrifice
2: um, for you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, the God of the universe um, gave up his son to sacrifice for you and I, um, which should operate not only as it's the source, is what we're saying, where to live is Christ. You know, it's the source by the power of which we go out. It's not like we just go by our own power and we mustered up because there's truth of this action that happened 2000 years ago, but it's by the work of Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. But also it's a motivator. Um, at the same time, it's, you know, man, we are, we are motivated um, by the sacrifice that's been made for us. Mm-hmm. So it's the power by which we go, but it's also, it's the catalyst is probably the better word. Um, so it pushes us out into the world yeah um, to spread the gospel message and and want that for people to give them that gospel perspective, but it also is motivating in the sense that like it's a picture of true sacrifice. you know some someone laying down their life, you know for not only a friend, <laughs> you know, yeah. but somebody in one sense that's an enemy. Mm-hmm. you know, somebody that that um, was due to pay the penalty that Christ paid, mm-hmm. uh, which is you and I. So I think um, like that's the gospel truth. Um, but it also, it's the great catalyst, the great motivator. And so it's why we center our entire lives around it. Mm.
0: You know, I, I think that he, um, I think that he saw the big picture of what, um, what the Lord is doing and, uh, and why this, um, why his earthly physical suffering would have to be the method in which to Mm. save the world. Um, and I think that while it grieved him in the flesh enough to have him sweat blood, yeah, that um, that he was able to rely on the goodness and perfect will of the Father to to go through with it, yeah, and yeah. see it see it come to fruition at the end.
1: Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking too. I mean, it, it reminded me of Gethsemane, you know, yeah. and and he yeah. says, "Not my will, but yours be done." And he held that perspective, um, knew it so well to where he said, you know, whether I live or die, it's for the glory of God, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm here on earth for the glory of God, um, not for my own glory. Which I think is huge. So, So talking
2: about that perspective, you even take that and you look at, you know, okay, the early Christians and you look at Paul's writing, and then there's the belief that suffering that trials develop perseverance mm-hmm. and faith in Christ. Yeah. So there's this belief that we actively have in the midst of trial that God's actually at work in us through
0: this.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we, yep. we, it's a small taste of that, like the perspective, understanding what we're going through, mm-hmm. but we only really have that perspective looking back at the way that Christ handles
1: trial. Right. Right. And well, I think what we'll see too, even in the, in the weeks to come is that we are only able. To do yeah. this because of Christ's sacrifice yes. and 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 what that. What that does for us, and we'll we'll actually talk about in two, that in two weeks. So <laughs> it's yeah, so really good. interesting, super important. Yeah, I just,
0: yeah. I,
2: that's kind of what I was trying. To, I'm trying to make sure that, like, you know, we capture that. Like, all that we do is is not. It's not just like a great motivator, yeah. or a great example. It's by the power of what Christ has done on the yeah. cross. That mm-hmm. we're not going by our own abilities, right? You know, in this sacrifice. So it's not like, okay, now you know this truth, now live it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this is all done by the work of Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the fact that you even want to do it is because of Chris. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know? So, well, hey, this was uh, this was a good conversation today. Thanks, you guys. Uh, lots of lots of meaty things this week. <laughs> yeah. um, but hopefully it was helpful for all of our listeners. And um, and yeah, again, if you have questions about the things that we're talking about, we, we, we discussed some pretty heavy things this week. And so you may have some questions, reach out to us. We'd love to talk with you about it. Um, you can reach us uh, all through email. You can find our email on stonescrossing.com. And we will look forward to having you join us next week on the Sunday Recap.